<laughs> Alright. I, I know at least two people who uh who are sometimes driving me because they were driving in the same direction and they had Harry Potter audiobooks on in the car. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. <laughs> Is that I'm not like my... new stuff out? It's just like yeah. they all like read and reread Harry Potter but they just like to listen to it. I don't know. I think would like, I would have I would have a Song of Ice and Fire audiobooks on uh if I if I had a driving license in the car. <laughs> <laughs> some of my um work like work co colleague people are like they're like oh let's do a harry potter quiz and like for next week and i'm like no i don't want to yeah so are there not other things is there not other media that we can talk I'm, about i'm the youngest person in that by like what seven eight years <laughs> That did you see? Um, They're all in their thirties or older. Did you? Yeah, but did you see that meet that thing that was all the uh, Gen yes. Z people making fun of millennials being like <laughs> millennials My being like Harry Potter house. Yeah, millennials were like, "I'm a Hufflepuff," and it's like, "Grow up and do a line." Um, <laughs> and I think, yeah, I'm I mean, just gonna. The, I'm technically I mean, Lucy is no, the only Gen, Gen Z. Z one here, so she yeah. she can look down on us. Lucy is the only one who knows what TikTok is, presumably. Yeah, exactly. I do have a TikTok account. <laughs> yes, so. that's what I mean. You're the only Gen Z, so you can mock us if you if you need to. Good. Our generation's broken. <laughs> Millennials and your fucking avocado toast. It's true. You yeah. do cat like the rest of us. <laughs> I've never stopped eating it. pretty good. No, it's it overrated. Nice. Avocados are, like, fine. Avocados are... If you, like... They're very lemon, nice. If you put lemon on it properly, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, they need like acid, salt, and oil on them. Yeah, mm. salt, pepper, lemon. Mm. It's perfectly fine. Mm. Like <laughs> if sliding, you season food, it's warm. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it has a good consistency. Charlotte, Charlotte just biting into a raw potato, like, this fucking sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as, as a British person, I have to eat the blandest food possible <laughs> um, <laughs> and get sustenance from that. Uh, or you, or you just eat the food that we stole from all the other countries we invaded. I mean, that's what I do. I that guess. is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way I suppose. Well, it's like, do you want? Would you rather have curry or like tripe? I mean, don't curry, knock tripe. tripe. You know, <laughs> everyone knocks tripe. Even hardened meat eaters knock tripe. Yeah, yeah but or you know, it's like good blood sausage. Yum. Or mm. like jellied eels. Ah, oh, lamprey pie. Lamprey <laughs> pie. A circuit of lampreys. Eel pie, jellied eels. We love it. One of our king. One of our kings supposedly died after eating too many lampreys once. How yeah, that's kind of idea. What What kills you about the lampreys? Is it was it a heart attack or just like lamprey poisoning? He just ate if too you much. Eat, if you eat oh. too much of anything, it's gonna kill you. It, that makes it sound like lamprey is extremely delicious, though, so... Yeah. I guess. But he was a medieval king, so... <laughs> but I also but... think it's like, you know how animals are gonna have, like, entirely different taste buds and things are gonna taste like... Like, other things are gonna taste good to them. I also imagine that, like, vampire times people also had, like... Vampire <laughs> <laughs> times? I don't think we've evolved, really. No. But then again, think about the like, oh, but what if you gave a medieval peasant uh fucking Sour Skittles, cheesy yeah. Dorito. Yeah, be, a Big Mac. Insane. And they just, yeah. they die immediately. 
Because um, <laughs> they wouldn't have even had tomatoes, let alone like Dorito Cool, f- like ranch whatever i mean if they had the tomatoes i got i got bought from aldi the other day they would not be impressed they're fucking shockingly bad one was rotting coming out straight out of the pack <laughs> hey aldi this is a call out that just aldi. proves it's that just proves it's ripe um yeah, aldi is german <laughs> culture so if they're not ripe they're like they're like <laughs> pink color they're, 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 they're rock hard you can throw them at someone and it knock them out mm. <laughs> awful I tomatoes talk- i was talking to ash and jam about this yesterday and that like the only like native British food is like turnips and just meat. You just live on meat and turnips and maybe cabbage, and that's like the diet of old British people. I was also yeah. thinking about this the other day because when's the last time you had a turnip? Uh, a few weeks ago, I guess, in like oh, okay, a roast pretty, vegetable thing. Recent. I haven't eaten turnips in years. Yeah, me neither. I was like, they're just not very nice. Back. But I you get them in pasties. Good. You get them in pasties all the oh, time, George. Oh, sweet, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I haven't eaten a pasty in months, though, which is really sad. That is sad. Yeah. yeah one of my American friends made fun of pasties the other day, and I was just—I just got sad because I haven't eaten a pasty. <laughs> That's because they never worked in a mine. Yeah. <laughs> they worked in a mine. They'd appreciate a good pasty. Um, <laughs> exactly. I made That's... a horrible discovery today, and I think I'm gonna like say this as long as we're still in the cold open. Okay. Because apparently today is. Donald Trump's birthday. Oh, nice. Okay. But that's not the only thing going on because hashtag Obama Day is also trending. (laughs) Apparently, apparently libs are trying to make Obama Day being on the same day as Donald Trump's birthday as as an epic own. (sighs) Dress up as a drone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is your birthday drone. You dress yeah. up as a drone and go to weddings that you're not invited to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got Trump wears adult diapers trending. On yeah, same. Oh, great. Oh, so, so, like, some good stuff. That's meaningful criticism. They're like, Trump, mm-hmm. Trump is rude. Let's just jump right in the gutter with him and smear ourselves in his shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really pointless. Them. It's just very stupid and useless and doesn't achieve anything. And it's just not very funny. Very silly. It isn't very funny, and really, no, that's, it's actually that's very the funny. Worst <laughs> it's only funny if you look at it from like a triple irony brain point, <laughs> where you're like looking through multiple mirrors at, at a joke, which is how we live, I guess, <laughs> in the irony prism. Yes, exactly. We're in the crystal. <laughs> we're in the irony crystal, and the joke has to reflect off all the all the walls inside the crystal before it hits our heads. <laughs> By that time, it doesn't even... It's like split into loads of different colours and it sort of enters enters strangely. Um, That's how humour works. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds accurate, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not even in reality anymore. No, me neither. I mean, I didn't sleep very well because I got woken up by seagulls because I was sleeping at mine and Lucy's other house that I was currently moving out of. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, you're in Cardiff? I was last night, yeah. Huh. And um, the seagulls were so feral that they just woke me up at 5am and then I was awake until 7am and then I managed to sleep for a bit, but they are insane at the moment. They are always so loud, but in the spring more than ever. We've got foxes here at the moment, so if I leave my window open, it sounds like children are being ritually murdered all through I the know. night because they can't stop <laughs> for five minutes. Oh, great. I just it's hit weird. a huge-ass thunderstorm here yesterday, like... 
really big thunder noises in the middle of the night. I got woken up by that a few times. Sounds like someone ate some curry. Ah, curry. <laughs> what blind eye? Blind what? eye has been at the beans. An ass thunderstorm. Okay. Did you say something, George? <laughs> okay, now I get it. Okay, that's not okay. Now that it's, is it's... what humor is. Sorry. Yeah. Fart jokes. Fart jokes. <laughs> I'm just slipping out. I'm honestly, I'm slipping out of reality. Things that I, I mean, I just keep getting angry. Oh, you mean a, yeah, thunderstorm yeah. inside of an adult diaper? I get it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Trump, definitely. That was it. More like Trump, am I right? A Molly Monk's claws. Uh, look, I'm checking the news. Oh shit, he's resigned. Well done, George. (laughs) (laughs) You owned him so much that he he just said he spontaneously combusted. (laughs) Trump, like ah, you got me. Mm -hmm. I do have I do have a TP boot butthole. I am Cornholio, (laughs) and then he resigned. Thanks, Stephen King. And, and this, despite like uh, all of us leftists, uh, all of us European leftists' efforts to get Trump re-elected. I know. I know. Like, sure. We're trying so hard. We're just like camping out in the comments, telling Americans not to vote. Yeah. No, telling. It's really awful. Cool. What if Biden we're secretly all accelerationists? <laughs> uh... And I'm saying I'm not an accelerationist at this point. <laughs> <laughs> just accelerating into worse timelines. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's I mean, life it's one. just accelerating on its own. So it's like, whether or not it's you're an like, accelerationist, it's just happening. This this past week feels like, like it, it feels to me like we recorded the last time three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. no, yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. It, it, it a does. lot has it's changed. Been a long week. So Long how the week. fuck is it like still five more months till November? I, I, feel I like... don't fully believe that November exists as a concept. So yeah, it's always it's always May now. Meltdown May will last for the next twenty four months. I really need like a, a list of like uh, like all the celebs who who have said like awful shit just in the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Just like um, a blacklist. I mean, I loved that um, di- that other video that they've done recently that like oh it was so good they were like i take responsibility responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) oh that was good that was some good stuff that was some real activism going on there they were really acting that guy the guy who plays fucking uh what's his face on breaking bad was like yeah aaron paul it it looked like an audition (laughs) (laughs) that's not a good one i like that that it was in black and white as well that was a good touch i'm not sure racism is black Uh, it's serious (laughs) I'm not sure celebrities, like actors, even know what's real anymore. They're just acting all the time. They just really hurt it because I I don't care for any of the other actors who are in there. But Breaking Bad is still, like, meaningful to me. So I don't want to see, like, Jesse Pinkman do that shit. I never really watched it. You can, like... You can, like, TV shows, but the important thing to remember is that all celebrities are bad people. Yeah. Mm. I think it just rots your brain. Which yeah. is why if we ever get that famous, we then have to stop doing it. <laughs> no, well, but if 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 we get famous, we're gonna be different. Like I've been I've been saying this. I only want my friends to become famous. <laughs> 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 so you can like kind of reap the benefits as yeah. like oh you could get free tickets to stuff. 
um, and maybe a couple gift baskets, but you don't actually have to do any of the Instagram shit. And you get yeah. to blackmail them for all their money because you know their secrets. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying this for years, but not to be like Evo psych, but I don't think uh, having like a large level of fame is very normal for a human brain to cope with. And I don't mm-hmm. think that as a species, we can actually cope with it. I don't think that's Evo psych at all. I think that's just like, yeah, I think that's true. I think people holding too much power, like it's very exceptional people who are actually capable yeah. of like dealing with that mentally and still making good decisions. Honestly, I was yeah. considering like uh, when when the last episode of this show went up, I was considering uh, putting the word Petroth, this is now our enemy and he needs to eat shit, just <laughs> in, in the hope that he name searches and gets very mad online about it. <laughs> That maybe boosts our show with it. Cause that would be I could very see him funny. do like you can get you can get blocked by Chuck Wendig by tweeting Cuck Wendig. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I just think himself. I you, who, who is that guy? He's like an author. Uh, he's the guy like who uh, wrote a big ass thread about how he wants Elizabeth Warren to be his mommy and also punish him. It, t- it says a lot oh, yeah. about you, doesn't it? Damn, people got really weird like about Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were like, she's the Hermione we've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Is, again, <laughs> millennials be like, I'm such a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's not Hermione, she's a politician, like, better than most in America. No, she's, like, still. She's, <laughs> Mac- she's McGonagall, is what she said, or what someone said about her, and then she said, Big Bang CEOs or Dementors, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy all of them. I mean, it's like those people who, like, if Hillary Clinton was elected, we, we'd be at brunch right now, and it's like, I mean, there still yeah. would have been a pantom. Well, I, I liked, I liked, um, I liked seeing someone quote tweeting that and they're just putting a picture of like some white white young well-off white people at brunch with a black noise massive protest marching past them yeah oh that. yeah no i saw that I yeah was like, it's mm, just like yeah. we'd, we'd be at brunch and then just like replying with bill clinton's entire history of going really really tough on crime in like the worst most yeah. destructive mm-hmm. ways possible just like, I, mean, I think she did it as well, didn't she? Was wasn't that so her thing? Bad. But I suppose and it I helps if you understand. she wasn't president, and it was him, but she supported him. It's like, I don't mm. know. Helps if you understand the we they meant was white people. Like up, like middle and upper class white people would be at brunch. Yeah. Chuck Wending is, is also like very normal. Like He's like very similar and normal to Patrick Rothfuss to just circle back yes, to he is. Same the type. popular topics of this, of this podcast. Because I saw mm-hmm. something he wrote like 10 years ago about porn. What? And it was very bad. Oh no! <laughs> he was like, compl- like very nostalgically complaining about how porn these days doesn't have a story anymore. And <laughs> am I wrong for still wanting a story in in my oh. porn? Like he was, it, it was a very long post, and he used mm-hmm. very bad metaphors for penises and vaginas. I mean, like, dude, if you want porn wrong. with stories, you can probably find it. Yeah, like, I definitely still do that shit. <laughs> It's just, it's just Pat, Pat, not um, Chuck Wending watching Deep Throat. It's like, yes, the plot in this is excellent. This this woman has Deep Throat to get orgasm. Fantastic! What a what a great time. Love this plot. That movie existed. Yeah, weird. And the the other connection uh, he has to 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 this podcast we're doing and. 
it's it's still like the, 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 way too tangential to be relevant. But I think he mm. and Neil Gaiman were both getting very up in arms about like online piracy of archive.org, which Ooh. may now mean that archive the internet archive might go down. Bullshit. Wait, what? The- <laughs> but that's really important that the internet archive. Yeah, but there were also pirated uh, ebooks on it. So yeah, there's pirated ebooks everywhere. Which, like, Neil Gaiman makes more money than any of us ever will, so... I know! He's not gonna get hurt by that. People should be yeah. paid for their work, sure, but, like... I guess his divorce him. might be expensive. <laughs> so here's my, here's my, thing. Here's my thing about copyright law, okay? <laughs> Which is that I don't believe in it. Um... <laughs> And I think it's bad and mostly just protects large corporations rather than actually small creators who rarely actually benefit from it because you have to be able to afford a lawyer in order to like actually take it to a case. And it sucks, basically. Yeah, I think in this country, if you're on, I think the MU, can, there's the Musicians Union, I think you can mm. get like legal aid from them to help it, help with it. Legal yeah. Advice. But yeah, it should be. I, I, I do believe you know creators should be paid for their work, but like yeah, it should be written for the people who need the money, not Neil Gaiman and his publishers. I think you should be able to. You can copyright the work itself, but you can't copyright characters. I think that's how it should be. I wonder if people are gonna be like with this podcast, like like they are with Mark Maron, that they just there's just gonna be people who always skip the first twenty minutes. I they mean, then they're not so. sure what they're getting out of it, <laughs> to be honest. I think we're interesting. <laughs> I don't think we... I agree. And I have also never listened to Mark Maron's podcast, so I have no idea what actually happens in his first 15 minutes that everyone seems I to I don't skip. know, but I am attracted to Mark Maron. <laughs> I don't it's, know who Mark Maron is. It's my choice. <laughs> Me neither. He's, he's a type, yeah. I like him in Glow, and that's... He's good in Glow. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, him. Connection. Oh. Is, he, is he Bash in Glow, or... Um... No, he's no. the old guy. Oh, yeah. Sam. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's And he's kind of the same guy in real life. Oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's his whole shtick, that he's kind of an asshole, but he does a great job of playing himself in Glow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like, I like Glow a lot. It's so good. I miss it so much. I really want Didn't... a fourth season, but like, who knows if TV shows even get made these days. Well, did you see Tuca and, Tuca and Bertie's getting a second season? Yeah, yeah, but it's a cartoon. Yeah, because <laughs> like, when are actors oh, yes. are gonna be able to be in the same physical space again with like cast and crew? You know, true. I don't know, but I I saw Kate Hubble and Country File standing like across a field, um, opposite like a farmer who's like a cow farmer, and it was just very funny to watch them like yell at each other in this <laughs> TV show. <laughs> Also, half the people she talks to on Country File are from um, my county because she lives here. And they're all people who have threatened me <laughs> with a gun. I mean, that's not true, <laughs> but they have threatened me. Um, uh, maybe you should cool. stop trespassing on their fields for some Don't reason. Don't worry, soon trespass will be a, a criminal offence because the government wants to <laughs> criminalise Romanian travel you, people. They'll be like, this is no longer a public footpath. It was, but we've decided it no longer is. Please get off my land. And it's like, the, okay. The, the, that legit- legitimately happened in my village. It's like recorded on old maps and the uh, the um the, yeah the yeah it happens the, the it happens house. all over it happens constantly. Yeah. And is the big house just like oh no you can't go along here anymore have have legitimately shot at people and they yeah. got their guns taken away. 
Well, once they um once they set cows on us, like they basically got the dogs to bark at the cows, so the cows tra- like stampeded down towards the bottom of the field where we were. Jesus, uh-huh. that's fun. I have also been chased by like bulls that were set off by farmers' dogs. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's fine. It's part of growing <laughs> up in the countryside, isn't it? Being chased. I also by cows. know. I do also know someone who was hospitalized by a cow. Yeah, horribly dangerous. Oh, they kill people constantly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, three three people, no, two people died from a water buffalo attack in Monmouthshire, not like two months yeah, ago. Yeah, no, I know, it was mad. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, in the end, it was like four. Four? Well, maybe three, because one of them, I don't I know if it was one or two of them, were in hospital. three people got hospitalised and one person died later. I don't know. Um, no, because one of the ones in hospital then Is this like died a normal British thing? It's not um, uncommon. Normally it's cows instead of water buffalo, and it's usually the yeah. farmer rather than, than anyone else. Yeah, because because like the the only other uh, Welsh podcast besides Fred says fuck that I listen to is <laughs> Beef and Dairy Network, uh, and I always found it like you know you think it's very humorous all this how how into cows they are, but apparently it's just it's just how it is. I mean, it's 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 possible to love cows, but I personally am very afraid of them. I love cows, but um, sweet. yeah, I have been when in fields where they are all approaching me in a big group, and that makes me not love cows. That makes me uh, walk quite swiftly towards the fence. Yeah, they get skittish. Wait, there's a Shall Welsh we... co- there's a Welsh podcast called the Beef and Dairy Network. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like spooky, kind of. I guess. It's kind of like if uh, if Night Vale was good. Aww. <laughs> I liked Night Vale. Whoa. Shots fired at 2016, people. <laughs> or whenever that was popular. 2017, maybe? Yeah, that's... 2016 seems about right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe earlier. It's just Janosch firing Salvo after Salvo into, <laughs> into the pop culture of the No, past. I have personal beef with Joseph Fink. I don't, like, actually. Ooh, I just don't okay. like him. <laughs> or Night Vale. <laughs> That's fair enough. I tried to I tried to get into it in like twenty seventeen or eighteen because I and I thought that that's what all podcasts are like. Uh, and I mean, it was I, for a while. Yeah, that that it was like for for a time. while. That was the most. That was the biggest podcast in the world, or the yeah. one that's you know. I just the really first one I listened to. Time. I think yeah. Yeah, same. I was like tiny and and young and like was dating my like ex-girlfriend and we would just like sit and talk about last episode and that was like all we did (laughs) (laughs) and then she'd tell me about homestuck and i'd be like i don't know what that is well you were missing out my friend (laughs) apparently yeah oh did you manage to escape homestuck i never got into it good i was never trapped in the home i was never stuck well i've been homestuck for probably seven years now I'm like, my life is being made actively miserable by finding out that there's, like, there's... Because I had, like, a vague idea about what Homestuck is, and my every time I learn something new about it, I it, it feels so bad. Like, my brain starts to actively hurt. That's why it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of an experience than a property. Oh, that's it's always good things. when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the things thing like, that happens. It happens to you rather than you like consuming it. I guess I only consume it through the medium of Charlotte telling me about it. Yeah, which is which same. is uh, pretty pretty entertaining usually. Um, 
but I, I don't think I'm ever going to bother actually trying to read it. It seems long. It's also like miserable because every once in a oh, while someone long. in uh, Pigot Discord will bring up Homestuck and I will have to mute the chat for like an hour because that's going to be <laughs> all they're going to talk about. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love that there are other people that... It's because they were all on Tumblr in 2015, so it's like a sickness. Yeah, I remember mm. my like my medium with interact like interaction with internet discourse was uh, going on like know your meme, and it was just infested with alt right people, and I was just like I was just really confused about what was going on. I was like I don't understand any of this. All these people seem really hateful. <laughs> that seems like lame yeah. discourse, and you don't even get like fun Tumblr discourse where people have done like actively criminal things. That's, oh like, no, because it was stuff. it was um because it was know your meme. They were talking about things happening on other websites. Oh, um, okay. through the filter we... of the largely alt right. Uh, oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> it was very grim. Yeah. I don't know why I went on that. <laughs> Tumblr just did have the weirdest stuff it. going on. I think the bones one was my favorite. Like, just I oh, I'm going to do some fun witchcraft spells and tell you how I did it, and then people were like, "Hey, did you steal the bones of like poor people?" <laughs> and then well, she, would, she was like, "If anyone, need, she was like, if anyone needs." If anyone needs human bones, there's a cemetery near my house where when it floods, the bones like come up through the soil because of the groundwater. So I can get you some and I can send them to you. And people were like, um, that's incredibly illegal. Also, that's like a pauper cemetery. Cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my um my dad grew up in Bath and they had a diphtheria mass grave like at the end of their garden. It would it would like when it would yeah, when it when it rained a lot, it would wash out bits of bits of lime bleached bone because they dumped mm-hmm. lime all over the bodies to rot them down yeah i'm like thinking cool. of that scene in full metal alchemist when they're just digging out their mom's yeah. bones anyway let's talk about light fantastic what? should we go okay um yeah, that's a good idea okay i want to be the first person in the game to say f- i've never really got rinse one takeaway He's the character who started off the Discworld series. Most important wizard out of anyone I can see. He's a useful character to have around, but he's not one that I personally rate very highly. Rincewind is a top geezer. What can I tell you about Rincewind? Welcome back to Who Watches the Watch, your favorite Discworld podcast that is half about Discworld and half about whatever the hell we want to talk about that day. Today, we have read the first half of The Light Fantastic, and it was pretty fantastic. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, nice. Nice. Out there with the zingers today, Charlotte. Thank you. I'm very sharp. Sharplet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... I'm your I'm your host, uh, Charlotte. Hello. I'm your host, Lucy. Hi. I'm your host, George. And I'm your host, Janos. Woo! We're all here. We're all here. Only one week has passed since the last episode, miraculously. Yeah. It does mm-hmm. feel like three years. Mm. Um, before we uh, get into like 
talking about this book. Um, oh, there's more before stuff. Great. No, 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 no. It's to do with the book. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Go on. It's, the, it's the Goodreads of the Light Fantastic, which is okay. relevant. I'm claiming that's relevant. Um, no spoilers, though. No, no, I won't. No spoilers. <laughs> um, just going through the reviews on it. And it's it's like, what's it got? It's got a 3.98. That's harsh. It is harsh. Like, I, 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 would wa- I would rate it somehow like that if it was like on a normal scale. Like, I think it's a, I think Light Fantastic is a solid 7 to 8 out of 10. But like on, on, on Goodreads, you only rate books 5 stars or 1 stars. So for that, it's harsh. Yeah. I rated this five stars because I read it after The Color of Magic. And uh-huh. I tend to rate things pretty highly because I just go like, did I enjoy it? Yeah. And then... <laughs> that's no, you got it because everyone winner. else is... For everyone else, a 3.5 rating is going to mean like this is the worst book you've ever read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yet the, the worst book I've ever read has a rating of five stars. So what is the truth? Yeah, because uh, Petros was on Goodreads. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, I just there's this one review that I think is like extremely harsh, um, and it's a uh, one star. It says only once have I rated a book without actually finishing it. However, <laughs> last night at around fifty pages from the end, my patience ran out. I gave a negative review to The Color of Magic because I found it to be completely structureless and nothing had any meaning because <laughs> anything could happen at any moment. There is a little more structure in this book because there is an overarching conflict that is explained to you. I would have thought this would be a vast improvement, but ultimately, because the actual narrative is still nonsensical drivel, it all counts for naught. And there's like another paragraph, but it ends with, even Stephanie Meyer having a stroke could write better than this. Okay. Okay. So so harsh. Someone here doesn't have a sense of humor. They're just throwing hate around. Yeah. I know. When was this? Was this written like 2011? 15. Jesus. That's like after Twilight Discourse had yeah. faded from everyone's consciousness. I remember when people got so mad about real vampires don't glitter in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are just extremely stuck in like 2012 to 2015. Like if you're if you're complaining about vampires being sexy, you have clearly not le- not read Dracula. I know it's the yeah, whole point. like any vampire books. Yeah. I think everything I've ever read with vampires in it, they've been explicitly sexual. Yeah. that's like the sort of point. <laughs> or like, even if they're not like physically attractive, they still like have a power over people. It's like a seductive charm. Yeah. They're just, they're just kind of, they're just kind of saucy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> saucy. <laughs> Ooh, look at his fangs. Have you, if you've already read 230 pages yeah. of the light fantastic why not read the final 50 before writing up your negative review i know or just give up sooner yeah um loads, yeah. Of, loads of people in the comments are saying um this is too snarky and some people are saying not as good as the color of magic which i disagree that's I disagree. This is so much better i disagree it's much better written yeah, yeah. i think it's funnier absolutely yeah. Yeah. It has like a clearer. It's not trying to just be a like pastiche. It's trying to do something which makes it funnier. I think. Yeah. Things yeah. are a bit more specific. Yeah, he's bringing in his own. Well, he already always had his own mythos, but like he's he's really defining yeah. like yeah. things which are going to be in in the books for for 
for the rest of the series. Yeah, this feels like because the the first one really like just felt like hey, I'm gonna write a funny fantasy, and this feels like he actually starts taking it seriously. Yeah, because there's like more is explained, and we get the librarian. We do. I forgot he got yeah. turned in this book. This is where he becomes the librarian. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the ape, the well, ape like yeah. one. Yeah, he was always the librarian, sure. <laughs> he became an orangutan. Orangutan. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this has much more, like, actual lore that's going to, like... Also, the death stuff is much better in this one, I think. Yes. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, got more of a character. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the whole, like, just the pacing of the book also feels like a huge step up from the previous one, like... I, I, I feel this almost, like, it doesn't quite get there, but this is almost, he almost figured out, like, that specific tone and pacing that makes his books the, the way they are. Yeah, yeah, it feels much more like a Terry Pratchett book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, fully understood what was going on in this one. <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> the, the color of magic. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I am um, not to bring up the Ankh-Morpork Park farmability discourse once more, but I, I think you can pretty I think you can pretty clearly see him um, retconning it in in this one. Yeah, yeah. Because I he, suppose he, he does both want to he both wants to set it in an ancient city, but also one that burns down all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I, don't I don't think he's retconning. Two Flowers says they're rebuilding it. Yeah. So it's fine. It just builds, it burns down all the time, George, and this is confirmed canon. And oh, you I can, know, you can I know that. I know yeah, he does that. say it burns down all the time. I know that. I just get, I get the feeling that he hadn't fully thought about the implications of that when he, like, destroyed it in this, like, almighty fire in the first one. <laughs> he, yeah, he probably he didn't then, think of that many it. things in the first one. Well, yeah. I'm not sure he was, but it's weird because the because f- right the first one ends with a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, but it still feels like he didn't necessarily want to return to this world, like he didn't envision it as like a the whole fantasy universe thing. It, it's also like... entirely possible that he only decided to end it on a cliffhanger once he got to the um, final chapter. I think that's exactly what happened. I mean, yeah. if we want to go back to Pat- Patrick Rothfuss saying, "Oh, it seems like he kind of makes it up as he goes along." Which, he does. Yeah, I think he does. Oh, yeah. Most he, authors he reached do the end it. And was like, yeah. <laughs> well, there's the there's the two theories. There's like you're either an like a oh, what are those? Like an architect author, or you're like or you're a, a gardener. Ex- yeah, that's what George like always says. Like not, not our George, Project. but George R. R. Martin always says. You either like plan it all out beforehand, or you just sort of write and go wherever that takes you. <laughs> you either sit in. You either sit in a cafe and write Nagini as an Asian woman on an app God. 19 years ahead of that happening, or you are. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I'm gonna start like just pretending Harry Potter doesn't exist. It's where yeah. you take a line of coke off a, off your space bar and then say wizards used to shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, because yeah. he said, like I, I don't know if I, I probably mentioned this in one of the other ones. He used to write 400 words a day, and then if he finished a book. And he had like a hundred words left. Then he would just start the next book and write a hundred words of that. Jesus Christ! I know. I can't imagine being that prolific at anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was yeah. sort of. It was almost like an anxiety thing. Like he says, he just like felt if he didn't do it, then he was like lazy or he wasn't doing enough. So it was almost a compulsion. Aww. Oh, I mean, same. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just, I just feel lazy. 
I'm like, Ste- this is terrible. Stephen, Stephen King problematic was like was like similar in his writing thing, but he was on a lot of coke, so I guess that was yeah. <laughs> that does make you right, yeah. Yeah. Should we talk uh, about the plot? Yeah, What's the let's... author style where you have a half formed world in your head for multiple years and it, you kind of forget about it. Just being in your twenties, I think. Down. Yeah. Oh, the the author yeah. style where you just simply don't write books. Yes, also That's me. that. I don't write any books. <laughs> to be a writer, you just have to talk about it on Twitter a lot and never write anything. Yeah. <laughs> you just have it's to have to make like r- relatable uh, hashtag just writer things tweets. I think people and I think people like that think writer is like a personality type rather than just the thing you do. <laughs> they so really many people do. think things are a personality type. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really not. That's the, I I think that's like I I'd rather take like a hundred theater kids than one like writer personality type person. Like that just seems the most insufferable thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, I just oh, but think the, the theater like... kids band together. The writers don't so much. I mean, with the theatre kids, you might get kind of like an inappropriate but well-meant dance around a diner yeah. while they're all singing something from Rent. Whereas with a writer, <laughs> all you're going to get is somebody who talks about how much like coffee they drink and not like how much they don't write. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'm, like, just, I'm a writer and I never write. <laughs> I'd love if that was extended to other professions, like a uh, bin man or something. You're like, huh, <laughs> just bin man things when, you, when you've collected your first sack and you're like, wow, I want to go home. <laughs> love being a bin man. <laughs> you just don't do it ever. You're like, wow, I'm a bin man, but only like theoretically once I actually get around to it. <laughs> My personality is picks up sacks of rubbish and puts them in a big yeah. squishy car thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just stumbled on a like on purpose stumbled on a site called Eighteen Motivational Quotes to Bring Out the Writer in You. Okay, give oh, us wow, one. Okay. Give us. Oh my a, god, the second one is Terry Pratchett. I have coaxed myself into a snafu. Yeah, the Terry Pratchett quote is: "The first draft is just you telling yourself the story." Terry Pratchett. Wow. But then there's also like, here's a quote: "You can always edit a bad page. You can't edit a blank page." What if it's so bad? There's no editing it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What if you just write? No, all work and no play makes Charlotte um, a normal girl a hundred times on a document. Oh, this is very relatable. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. Is that like pregnancy? Yeah, that is the worst agony. I wake there, up there's in the literally nothing and I think, that's, oh, that hurts more. I'm burying my my vampire erotica inside me, and this is the worst <laughs> thing that I've ever done. The agony of it all. <laughs> my oh no, my agonies. Soaking <laughs> <laughs> in a bath not because of my agonies. My own personal fan fictions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that if you image search writer quotes, it's even better because it's always going to be like uh, a background that is. I didn't open the book. Or a typewriter? What the? Okay, what's the deal with typewriters? Um, uh, aesthetic. It, what's the? Which is the author who's <laughs> yeah. like, um, who wrote the road? Carl McCarthy. Carl McCarthy. Yeah, he does it, um, and everybody is like, "Wow!" So, I think it's, it's actually authentic because again, writing is about aesthetic and being a, a certain type of person rather than actually just writing something. Real writers use their team of two, 20 highly trained ancient Egyptian scribes to use <laughs> put hieroglyphics onto onto, onto 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 oh god papyrus I can't speak today. 
Well, if you're James Patterson, you just have like an army of ghost writers who you tell a vague story to and mm-hmm. make them write all your books for you. Hang on, that's what he does? Yeah, Wait, that's what? why he, he, he publishes 13 books a year because they're all ghostwritten. Wait, who's that's James Patterson? Like, puts out? He's like a crime novelist. What? I, I knew that. I've read some of them. I didn't know that they were all fucking ghost-driven. I mean, That's... the early ones weren't, but now mostly they are, yeah. Wow, fran- franchise writing. <laughs> if you... Um, McDonald's yeah, exactly. crime. If you look at like the the newer Maximum Ride books that were like the later ones, um, they've all got like a co-writer and that's the ghostwriter. <laughs> and if you look at Garfield comics from the last... 20 to 30 years I'm not sure if he uses ghostwriters or just lets an algorithm write them <laughs> I was going to say I think it's an algorithm oh, no, that's, why, that's why Garfield is so great it's insider outsider art uh, okay. it, it's almost entirely meaningless which is why it's so good I do, do enjoy you remember a when good Garfield Miranda, when Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the, um, like the introduction to a Garfield compendium about how much it meant to him just God, I I hate that odd. because I I like Garfield and I don't <laughs> I don't want Lim Manuel Miranda to appreciate it. I think you can like it, but I'm not sure how it can be like super meaningful. You can be like, oh, I read it when I was growing up, but like I wouldn't say that that would make it special. I like how my heart, especially since it's Garfield. I like how Garfield like, is like it's it's so fucking meaningless. Like he Garfield hates Mondays, right? Yeah, yeah, he. And he loves that lasagna. He really hates him. And it's it's very relatable because we too all hate Mondays, except we hate Mondays because we either, (laughs) if you read Garfield comics in school, have to wake up to go to school, or you have to wake up and go to work. Days of the week don't mean anything to Garfield, so... Yeah, what's his deal? What's his deal? (laughs) (laughs) Just doing Werner von Herzog voice. Why does the orange cat love hate Mondays? It does not have a job. (laughs) He hates, like, the hypothetical reality of Mondays. Yeah. It's like the Ooh. essence of Monday, that sort of feeling of discontent that is what a Monday represents, but not what a Monday physically is, you know? Mm, I suppose it's an acknowledgement of the intrinsic horror that we all feel at the passing of time, which we often suppress. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe he's just a funny cat. Okay, so what happens <laughs> in the like, fantastic? So, um, it starts... After the ending of The Colour of Magic, where Rincewind and Two Flower get launched off the disc. Um, except they don't, because um, the magic book, the Octavo, uh, feels Rincewind with his spell flying off the disc and says, No, thank you. I want that back. And sorts it out, readjusting reality. Mm-hmm. So they just end up in the forest of Skund? Is it Skund? Skund, Skund. yeah. Skund. Which is a good name for a place, I think. And then we go to the wizards and we meet the current wizard chancellor, whose name is Galda Weatherwax, which I thought was interesting. Weatherwax, is he like, huh? Interesting. Uh, Granny Weatherwax's ex-husband is what I like to think. I think he's just a distant cousin. Yeah. No, because you, well, you know, like wizards witches, can't get married. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're gonna change their the husband's last name instead, so. They 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 can't uh, change their last name, but it could be like it could be like Granny Weatherwax's yeah cousin or brother or whatever. No, I mean it, it is it like canonically it's okay good sort of like a distant cousin. That. Yeah, that she makes mentions the most it sense. in like one of the later books. Ah, mm. see that's the kind of lore that we love to see. 
Listen, I have an extremely encyclopedic knowledge of these books. <laughs> we get them doing the rite of Ashkente? Ashkente? Ashkente, yeah. Uh, to summon Death to like get him to explain what's happening, which I love because Death turns up and he's holding like a cheese and pineapple cocktail stick and he's at a, he was at a party. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good, like, I can visualize that so well. The Ashkente thing mm. confused me also a little bit because, like, Ente in German means duck. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. But Ash I don't duck. see what I don't see what that word would mean like for an English speaker. Like it, uh, I didn't recognize. It might just be like words. Yeah, it's it's meaningless, magical sounding words. I'm like I'm like always expecting him to do a pun. So if there's not one, it's gonna. Yeah. I, I I'm just gonna start scratching my head and try to find out in which way it maybe is a pun. Yeah, you just start Google translating the entire book like. Where are the puns? Because <laughs> sometimes you just, you know, if you don't read out the word loud, you, you're not going to get the joke. Ashkente. Ashkente. Yeah. Ashkente. No. Maybe it's like Ash Jeeves. <laughs> it's uh, not, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think Ask Jeeves was a far-flung future thing even then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on a thread where they're like talking about what it might mean. Um, I don't think it means anything. It probably doesn't mean anything then. Because yeah. I don't think uh, Terry Pratchett doesn't do like, he doesn't come up with fake languages. He's either gonna, mm. it's either gonna be a stupid pun or just not mean anything. Or it's just like, it's like yeah. fantasy stuff. He's like, it's like Lovecrafty words, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, he does uh, a bit dwarvish. Yeah. Yeah, although I think it's not, it doesn't mean anything. It's just him writing like words that sound kind of what he thinks dwarves would say. I feel like you can yeah. use what he's written to translate like you could with like Tolkien and stuff. Yeah. And it's more like he seems to be like more like all, all his language jokes lean to lean into um I don't know soft sapir wharf thing of how the other languages are just going to express things entirely differently sometimes and like like the, all the jokes are gonna be like how the dwarish ex expression for something describes it in a funny way, basically. Yes. <laughs> but like he's he's more interested in the way uh, languages express things differently than actually like coming up with an actual compendium of a language, just as like Tolkien would do. Yeah, which is good. I think I don't need to like have a fully yeah realized language because <laughs> I won't study it anyway. No. Yeah, it's Tolkien, not true. Tolkien did that because he was a linguist. And yeah. then everyone was like, oh, I guess we have to do this now too. It's like, you really yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah, it's like so many fantasy authors just saw what Tolkien did and thought, okay, so that's what I need to do. Like, he he mm -hmm. came up with a language, so now I need to do that. And he, like, had songs and, you know, Tom Bombadil's in it, so... No, I'm going to have my characters like sing songs and I have to come up with songs for them. Is this the scene where the librarian is turned? It's somewhere at the beginning. I don't... It's near the beginning. Yeah. It's, it's basically um, right at the beginning. Yeah, it's yeah. when the... When, um, when the Octavo sends out its wave of magical energy to um, to yeah. uh, change the world and put to change the world in the forest of 
Skund. Skund. It's nice that, nice that it saves two flower as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's because it yeah. knows that they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've highlighted every single quote I could find that I thought I could um, work into this podcast as evidence. So Yeah. And I think there's a lot of evidence. Like, it's gonna... Yeah, I agree with you. Near Thank the end you. of this episode, it's gonna be, like, you know, the stuff that happens uh, l- later on makes it more yeah. texture, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely I don't think right. sex is real. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need to have sex, but they can, like... Yeah, George, it's not just about sex. Yeah. Get your mind out the gutter. Stop being oh. homophobic. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Love can be more. Um, what's next? They can still have sex, though. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying they, can, they can't. Yeah, they um, they can and they do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the world has changed. Wizards, wizards ones have a knob at the end. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna make a horrible furry joke, but I won't. Um, you gotta say it hmm? now. You can't. I don't say think it. she does. I don't, I'm not going to. Um, so, so basically. Yeah, the world has changed. The wizards are all like, what the fuck's happening? They summon death. Um, meanwhile, Rincewind is in the forest of Skunt and the trees are talking to him. Uh, two flowers fall in, in a lake. They wander around a bit. They have a nice time. Eventually they find each other um, and they're looking for food and they find a mushroom um, and two flowers like, can you eat this mushroom? And Rincewind says no, because it's got a chimney and windows. So <laughs> someone lives in it and we can't eat it. Yeah, I do want to mention um, in this in the scene where they like meet up again after they are like rescued from the edge of the disc. Um, Two flower bounds up to Rincewind, beaming with delight. That's a quote. He's delighted okay. by Rincewind. <laughs> <laughs> he does love. He is like a big Rincewind fan. He knows he's a terrible wizard, but he's like, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's charmed by it. Yeah, as, so, as, no. as we all are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, uh, they they find a gingerbread house, which uh, a gnome inside the mushroom leads them to. Uh, Two flower tries to buy it. It's it's regenerating. No one lives there anymore. Um, meanwhile, the wizards are trying to find Rincewind because he's got the spell in his head, and they have to say all eight spells from the Octavo, or the disc will be destroyed. So they're all trying to catch him before the others because they're all idiots and can't work together. <laughs> Did we talk about how Rincewind talks to trees? Yeah, he talks to trees for a bit. Because um, he's doesn't like the fact that they can talk <laughs> that reminded me of like in in my Dungeons and dragons game i'm i'm a druid and i have the i sometimes use the spell to speak to plants to like yeah. be able to talk to trees and I, I think my my dungeon master might listen to this podcast but he's also a, a terry pratchett fan and his trees react like very similarly to this tree. It it reminded <laughs> me a lot of that. Like the same I way how way like a lot of times I try to get like information out of the trees to where we get out of there and I just say, Well, I'm just a tree. <laughs> like, I don't know, I haven't moved. Yeah, I haven't seen the other part of this forest. Yeah. I like the idea of the trees forming a religion after me. Yeah, Rincewind asks if he likes it and that causes the religion <laughs> to be formed. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> the trees are exposed to basic philosophy and instantly start a religion. It's good. Yes, when you die you become like a chest of drawers or loads and loads of toilet rolls. Yeah, ask one, of, the, one of them asks the luggage what it's like being joinery. Yeah. Hey, remember? But they can't express it. 
Yeah, the luggage just shrugs. <laughs> they escape from the gingerbread house after the wizards come after them. Um, they escape on a broomstick and they go flying up into the air. And while they're up there, Rincewin sees a big red star, which is very sinister. And it's, Ooh, uh, it's it the... appears that Greater Tween is going towards it. And it's just like a song of ice and... Yeah, I was going to say. I was say, thinking like, that. Is it a dragon? Is it an... It's an egg. Is it an egg? <laughs> it's a sword. Is it's a it. sword? <laughs> it is very funny well, reading this at the same time as Clash of Kings. I was like, oh, it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Westeros is on the disc. Uh-huh. It's when they were in the horse tent later, I was like, ah, Dothraki. <laughs> and I've been telling this, like, on a, I think on the first or second episode of Song of Babies and Puppies, that I don't, I'm not convinced... A Song of Ice and Fire takes place on a round planet. Like, no, nothing says it's not, not flat. And my co-hosts were very rude to me about that, but I feel more validated now. <laughs> it's because you're just coming across as a, fat, a flat earther. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're a flat earther for well, a world in, um, which has dragons in it, I think it's a bit more fair to be a flat earther in that world. Well, there is a thing where they all go sailing, and if they go beyond a point, um, none of them ever return. So, you know, maybe they go over the edge. Mm-hmm. I was reading about it in Fire and Blood. Um, oh. Yeah, I think that's confirmed, actually. But yeah, so they see this big red star, and Great Tween is swimming towards it, which is concerning. The They go downwards because Rincewind's panicking, and luckily they land on a cloud full of rocks, which is being piloted by a druid. Meanwhile, the wizards are trying to get him, and the Weatherwax wizard, he tried to do, like, a fun spell with an arrow, but accidentally got the luggage instead, and the luggage kills him. And now a scary guy, whose name I can't remember, but it's Immor... Trimon. Trimon? Trimon. 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 I do want to talk about him later as well. Yeah, I have this thing with names where I never actually read the name, I just, like, look at the shape of the name, and that's how I recognise it. So I never know anyone's names in books <laughs> i relate very strongly to that if i see a name yeah. and think this is hard to pronounce i just won't try and then i'll be trying to read something aloud at some point and i'll be like oh okay we've encountered an yeah. issue <laughs> i'm like it's a t and then a shape you know yeah so he's killed and now this scary guy who is like basically a horrible accountant personal development guy who's like big into spreadsheets and likes using the word personnel and sends memos which mm-hmm. all the wizards hate I, oh, I do feel like his character sure. is a sort of proto-veterinary. Oh, really? For me, for me, it <laughs> felt more like a proto once. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, maybe I just because wait, I I saved a quote. It was um, he didn't smoke, only drank boiled water, and Golda had the nasty suspicion that he was clever. He didn't smile off enough. He liked figures and the sort of organization charts that show lots of squares with arrows pointing to other squares. In short, he was the sort of man who would use the word personnel and mean it. And I just thought the, like, sort of weirdly, like, the life with no pleasures like whatsoever was very veterinary. Aesthetic, yeah. He's a bit more like a HR guy, I think, though. He's a bit more, um, like, corporate yeah. Yeah, than Terry, veterinary. Terry Pratchett predicted the rise of managerialism in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> He's the businessman from the Mother Mother song, Businessman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yeah, and I think he has more like that's that's why I said to me he's more of a once, but maybe maybe it's both because he yeah. seems more like uh, actively power hungry in a way that veterinary isn't. Like veterinary is all about balance. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah. Especially, actually, yeah, I do see what you mean about once, especially with like what happens at the end of this book, but yeah. we won't get into that just now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he's in charge and he's trying to organize everyone and he's sent a hero after them because he thinks that's a more reliable method. And she's called like Harena the Henna Haired Haridan. Um, <laughs> and it says she's hot, but she's like not like fantasy hot. She's just like a normal working hero. Um, don't get too, don't think about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, she's, she's accompanied by some other heroes. You can imagine them wearing leather if you want. Yeah. He's like, he's sensibly dressed about, like you might look yeah. to the cover artist and start describing her with words such as round and pert and whatever. yeah and i did look like the cover of this book is that yeah no it is <laughs> the thing is i like josh kirby's art but it is like it is like yeah it is booby women but sort of in a weird way yeah like, well everything's everything's it's... very textural yeah yeah everything looks oiled yeah, it's or everything. It's, it's a bit too knobby for me. It's it's, it's not um, sexy. Yeah, no, it's, it's a not. bit like a bit like a character fantasy, like Max Ernst painting. It's really interesting. I like his art style. It's just wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I always like look at it and think I should like it, but I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah, like might the be the much. point. I think it's meant to be a bit gross. I didn't used to, but now I like horrible things, so it's good to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, it, it's it's weird because after after he died, rest in peace, uh, it was taken over by poor Kidby, and he, to me, goes to the opposite end of it, where that's, like, too normal. Yeah, I, I quite that. like him, though. I like it's got to be a bit weird. Also, can we talk about the fact that Two Flower on the cover of The Light Fantastic literally has four eyes? I know, it's very funny. (laughs) I don't have the cover in front of me. I am obsessed with it. Oh, he does. Oh. Yeah. No, I was saying, it's just just glasses, guy. (laughs) I haven't, I hadn't really thought about what Two Flower looked like, and then um, we were looking at those... Not uh, bad. (laughs) <laughs> Those great AMVs, AMVs. earlier from from the show <laughs> where he's just like an American tourist in a Hawaiian shirt with glasses and like a bucket hat. That's I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect to me. He's Sean Astin <laughs> in the uh, movie. It's so like we're gonna we're gonna watch the movie and talk about that in detail, I guess. But the the whole cast of that is so wild. There's so many famous people in it. Yeah. I know, it's really good, though. I mean, I still don't think it's as good as Hogfather, but I think it's pretty good. Mm. So I will point out that George has changed both his name and uh, profile pic in Discord, and I was looking at, like, the voice chat, and for a second I thought someone <laughs> new has joined. <laughs> someone's just someone's just got in here, yeah. and they're like, I'm Fact. part of this podcast now. Act, I'm going to troll you from the depths of the internet. You've been hacked by Anonymous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like, oh, shit. you're gonna start posting Pepe's in, uh, in, in our text chat. Look, I have a green frog. I'm very funny. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, yeah, so they're with some druids. He flies them. It's very funny, because in this, stone circles are basically like computers. Um, <laughs> and he's flying a replacement to a stone circle because it got the moonrise wrong or the moon position wrong. And it's not that it's wrong, it's that the universe is wrong because of the change spell. Um, oh, and everything else that's happening as it flies towards the red star. 
while they're there, they're, the druids are going to sacrifice just a woman because they do that because they're druids, which isn't historically Yeah, I correct. don't think they do that. Necessarily. It's worth that we don't actually really know anything about druids and what everyone thinks yeah, of we know, druids. Yeah, we know. comes from bizarre. Yeah, it's just Julius Caesar's diary, basically. is like exactly, our only exactly. record of druids. Exactly. Um, which um, Terry Pratchett knew because he references it in his essays. So he is just like oh, having yeah. fun with like Victorian romanticization of druid stuff. Yeah, um, it, was all, uh, it was all romantic period crap, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, people love to wear like cloaks and stuff and sort of sit around Stonehenge, which I can understand, but I oh, wouldn't yeah. claim that that was like a thing. Oh, at one point they started well, claiming that they were like directly descended from like archaeological remains in Britain and that they had a sort of special claim sure, over them that okay. no one else did. And it's like, no, <laughs> we all have the same amount of claim over these bodies. Like, That's so dumb. You're, you're not specially related to, to this guy found under a barrow. <laughs> well, we had to talk about that in conservation because you talk about stakeholders, which are people who have like an emotional or cultural stake in like culture objects. Yeah, and it's like if they're neo-pagan druids with inverted inverted commas, do they have a stake in Stonehenge? Because maybe they do have strong beliefs about it, but obviously it doesn't come from something old. But does that mean it's not valid? I think they have so, a stake in it in the same way that like anybody who visits it and enjoys that experience would. I don't know. That's an interesting yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah. like they have. They probably have a stronger emotional stake, but like. It, it yeah exactly does the does that does the fact that that's not based on uh, any evidence does that mean that you then get to ignore that stake yeah does that matter if it's like a religion that they made up out of basically nothing i mean it's still something mm, that they believe some, in and care just, about it was just bored bored la- like bored upper middle class and like small lower landed gentry in the in the 18th and 19th century <laughs> and they're like yes this is all real <laughs> yeah like, d- does that give us the right to say it's real off? and it's real and the trees talk to me? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> My name is literally Uther Pendragon. <laughs> exactly. I think the head druid is called that. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. I don't think Uther is a good guy though, so I don't know why you'd want to be called that. He's not yeah. a good guy in Merlin the TV series, anyway. Well, no, he's, he's not great in reality. That's why. Um, I think he kills his wife. Or she dies. No, he steals his wife. Yeah, there's a lot of horrible stuff that he does, which is why the child's taken away from him and given to like Kay and his family. Mm-hmm. I'm like actively put off any Arthurian legends because every time I try and talk about like archaeology to my dad, he brings up all the books about Arthurian legends that he's read and uh. starts talking to me about it, and I'm just like, I do, I do not care. <laughs> it is barely relevant. It's barely relevant. I like the. It's not relevant, but I do like Arthurian stuff. Yeah, oh, I, yes, I always good. liked the it concept is, of Arthurian stuff, but for me, it's maybe because I'm not British, so yeah, it's yeah. more. That's also fair. It's more interesting to you if it's not like I don't care about like German myths or whatever, like fucking. What's uh, the Hungarian myths like? Nibelungen stuff. Oh, it's like shaman stuff. That's there's some cool That's stuff cool. in it. I was gonna say like my. Uh, my main association with druids is just like the druids from Asterix, and I have no idea how accurate that is. <laughs> oh, it's all Not true. Accurate. That's exactly. exactly <laughs> what like. I mean, that's like the cultural joke about druids, isn't it? Is that they make these stone circles for some reason, mm. and um, they maybe worship mistletoe. Unclear. Yeah, 
we um we have there's almost no archaeological record of them either. You get these things called divination spoons, which there aren't very many of, and we don't really know what they were used for. <laughs> what about dowsing rods, George? Um, there's a stick. <laughs> what just sticks? <laughs> They're sticks that help you find water. Yeah, um, it's very hard to find water in Britain. There's not much of it. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it's very funny ever being anywhere wild with you and you immediately pick up a stick and you're like, I found a dousing rod. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to do. Um, <laughs> love to look for water. Um, yeah, I really like um, I like the idea of like postmodern Arthurian stuff because there's this whole thing that I think is interesting, which is the idea of... Um, uh, Arthur saving Britain in its time of need and like what that would mean in a modern Britain and whether like if King Arthur came back would he be like a nationalist or would he be like a communist King Arthur was Jeremy Corbyn <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> King Arthur was sleeping in his allotment I mean cave <laughs> I did. they rang the bell and he was like is it time and they were like no it's not yet time and he had to go back to sleep I mean did you ever that read that series of books uh, by Meg Cabot they were called Avalon High which was like centered no. around this girl moves to like a new high school in like mid-America and she's got like her new family's like place as a pool it's like a military town and she meets people at the school and there's like Gwen Lance and he's called Will and his middle name is Arthur but you don't find out that till the end and she... her parents are medieval oh, scholars shit. And she's called Elaine, and her mum's like, you're Elaine de Astolat, that's why we named you. And she's like, I hate that. And then it turns out that she's Lady of the Lake, and that's why she loves to float in the pool all the time. And they, like, kill Will's oh my brother God. or something. It's crazy. There's guns. It's great. <laughs> Damn. Does anyone ever read like, Hero's like, um, Arthur? No. Uh, it could be, cool. like, one of the Elaines that, like, sexually assaults Lance a lot and gets pregnant and then, like, dies. Cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. But that's where Galahad comes from, so it's fine. Um, I love Mallory. It's just like the dumbest, randomest stuff. Um, but where we are is that they're with the, they're the druids, <laughs> and the druids are going to sacrifice this girl, and Two Flower goes to ask them if they will not do that. Um, and they're going to they're gonna attack him. But luckily, Cohen the Barbarian turns up. Oh, Cohen. Who is a hero. Cohen. And... Um, yeah, so he's there, and he's gonna. He's like, I'm gonna go kill the priest and save the girl. But he is like an old guy now. He's he's been heroing for a long time. Yeah, um, and in the resulting like... scuffle, Two Flower is hit in the head with a scythe, which is not like hard, but they think there's maybe poison on it. Cohen goes to pick up the woman and like rescue her forcibly, but his arthritis gets him, and so she helps him instead because you know what can you do. <laughs> I'm just having the uh, the thought is is Cohen Barristan? Uh, this you know this old I'm turning hero it over in my head. Who, I'm I'm looking uh, at it from every angle. Who is still like revered as the legendary hero even if he's now old. I don't think he's Barristan because I think their worldviews are very different. I mean, it's a different world, so. <laughs> yeah, but like Barristan's about honor. And I think that's like the integral part of his character is believing in yeah. oaths and believing in honor. And I think Cohen just like really wants teeth and he wants to just like, you know, do hero stuff, which I guess is a kind of honor, but he's more after a comfortable life at this point. I mean, it's he also like this world has a different uh, conception of what hero stuff is. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I yeah, just think either. that, I just think that, um, 
Cohen is an anarchist and Barristan okay. is like believes heavily in structures. So I just think that they're very different on like a on an ideological level. I would not have seen Cohen as an anarchist. Well, he's obviously an anarchist. He doesn't believe in like rulers or anything. He doesn't follow the law. He does. He follows his own self-made law, like an anarchist. Isn't, well, an, like isn't a, an anarchist more about mutualism than just doing what you feel is right? Yeah, he's like he's way well, too. Well, it depends what kind of anarchist. That is true. <laughs> he's like a he's like a right anarchist. So a bad anarchist. <laughs> is he an ancap? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Ancaps. I like to think of them. He, raider gangs. He's a. He is an ancap. Yes. All right. Good oh, job. No. We managed to cancel Cohen. Uh, five minutes after the first. <laughs> well, you've done, Charlotte. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Two Flower is very light now because his soul has gone somehow because of some sort of poison. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, Cohen takes them to a friendly necromancer who's part of like a horse tribe, and uh, they give Rincewind a, some sort of potiony drink, which allows him to go rescue him from Death's house. Listen. The Rincewind getting to like Death's garden and stuff and Isabel like going up to him and being like, oh, what does she say? She says, "Um, I say, you haven't come to rescue your lost love, have you? And I'm picture me (laughs) screaming and clapping. Um, Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah, this is like the I I think this is like the the core argument for Rinseflower. Yeah, it's a literal Orpheus and Eurydice story, except, I mean, he's successful, um, and there's mm-hmm. a walking luggage involved, yeah. but that's great. Terry Pratchett read Orpheus and thought, that's that's not epic, he should succeed. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he just, like, win at the yeah. end? That would be nicer. He read Orpheus and was like, why didn't this guy just... Why didn't he? Why did he look back? What a dumbass! My character <laughs> mm-hmm. wouldn't look back. He would bring a camera with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's if Orpheus epic. in present day would he have an iPad? <laughs> um, Orpheus in present iPad? day has a SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's a DJ, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Eurydice wants to stay in the underworld. Um... <laughs> Um, Hades is like, can you, can you persuade me to let, uh, Eurydice go? And he's like, okay, let me play you my mix. And he's like, wow, you're right, this goes. It's just mumble rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's that... like, this is, this is real, uh, I'm gonna let it go. Orpheus like, is an indie sad boy, that would be amazing. Yeah, he's really into, like, I mean, that's, that's just Hades Town, yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't seen Hades Town. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I do like the soundtrack. I just know that yeah, all good. the all my um, annoying like musical theater friends who whom I you know obviously still like very much, but are way too into musical theater. They they are all like very into Hades Town, so that's why I just avoid it. I mean, no, it's good though. I'm sure good. it's the good. Soundtrack's worth a listen. I just don't like its fans. That's oh, fine. Yeah, that's I don't like fans to any musical. <laughs> yeah. Apart from Company, which is the best musical, um, sort of a different you like, vibe than like um, if you if you like sound if you like Sondheim, then you're valid in my opinion. But if not, then uh, every sucks. time you say Company, like I intrinsically think of the Philip Glass String Quartet. I'm very sorry about that. 
That's okay. That's very I think it's a strict quartet. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a bit where um, Cohen asks Rincewind if Two Flowers his friend, and he says they have a hate-hate relationship. Yes, love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I underlined that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I'm piling up the evidence. To me, that's a very good line. And also there's like a line in this at some point where Rincewind tucked two flower under one arm and jogged mm-hmm. along after them. It seemed the only thing to do. I was like, yes. Yeah. You yes, can't be is. a man. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a bit where Rincewind says he wants to go back to Aunt Pork and um, two flowers like, okay, yeah, we'll go back. So they're just like, I guess they're just like hanging out for the foreseeable future as well. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's the start of a He's big not- uh, through line in uh, Rincewind's character, isn't it? He's always homesick in the later books for Hank Moorpork, and basically never, he isn't able to yeah. actually get back there and live there properly for, for, for ages. Yeah. He just no, keeps getting pinballed go around everywhere, across yeah. dimensions. Yeah. yeah. I, um, also, like, when they go to, um, I guess you could keep... Yeah, no, ignore me. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, so they're in the world of the dead, and Rincewind's looking for him. Um, and he meets Isabel. I don't think she's named. She is. is she named? She's named, yeah. Okay, I think she's a bit different in this, because she's a bit, like, you know, like, pale and interesting, but still kind of hot, whereas she's, like, a bit more normal in Mort. Um, yeah, she's a bit, like, brattier in this, and she's, she's bratty in Mort as well, but, yeah. like, in a more... In a different way. Yeah, exactly. She's a bit crazy in this, whereas in Mort, she's just, like, grumpy. <laughs> yeah, she's just an only child. And it it always Mort. describes her as, like, being a bit dumpy, and she wears, like, um, like lacy clothes, but maybe they don't really suit her that much. Um, and her hair doesn't flow properly when she's, like, galloping on her horse. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, real. Um, but horse. she's a bit more, like, silphy in this. And, um... Yeah, she's like, I'm lonely. Do you want to stay? And he's Ooh, like, I, I need to find my friend. And he, he finds Two Flower teaching death and, I guess, pestilence. Is the four horsemen. Yeah, all of them. Be. And he's teaching them bridge. But like a very complicated form of Discworld bridge. Yeah. I, look, I don't oh, understand damn, normal world bridge either. So I don't know how much more complicated this is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, he's like, is it's it bridge. damn or weird? He says it's like, I don't remember the word for the thing that is that goes over a river, but it's that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is bridge the the one with the little pins? Or is that cribbage? You, no, that's no, cribbage. You play bridge no. in pairs, and like, there's all kinds yeah. of rules about cheating and there's stuff, a... but bridge partners often have like little cues that they'll hint cards out to each other like twists of yeah. the hair or something it's like a very very complicated it's very complicated game. there's a yeah. great Agatha Christie book about it <laughs> yeah they used to play it a lot in that sort of time yeah. period when they had a lot more time on their hands they didn't have Twitter to get angry on they didn't have to yeah in, in like to read about the black yeah. shirts in the Daily Mail or something instead in, in like Jess William books his aunt's always playing them and she was always having like obsessive like bridge competitions and stuff and there's always these big bridge meetings where all like the middle class women meet up and play bridge it's just a way for elderly people to get really angry at each other over not very <laughs> yeah but so he, he he catches them and him and he grabs two flower and they're all arguing over the game so they don't really notice and they basically leg it Isabel chases them but they jump down the hole uh, back to their bodies, and then they wake up, and it's only been like a second. And two flowers, um, okay. 
Yeah, and Two Flowers Vine, he's like, oh, that was a nice trip. And he's not panicking the whole time because he just trusts that everything's going to work itself yeah. out. <laughs> Which it does, but like, I think it must be very annoying. Yeah, but only because uh, because Rincewind's Rince there tries. to panic. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well, they have this nice pessimist-optimist dynamic that just yeah. works really well. Yeah. Plus yeah. the fact he has a, a magic suitcase, which is almost invincible. Yes. Um, and the magic suitcase forces his friend to protect him. <laughs> yeah the magic suitcases the the luggage is really the like original rinse flower stan oh you're a, you're a lug <laughs> lug lug flower <laughs> no he's the original, he's the original he's a stan it's got yeah. thousands of oh, tiny yeah. little uh, tiny little feet hmm. i don't know where i'm going with that one I'm not, not <laughs> let's not go there no yeah. um um yeah it's good um but they escape, and then they are with Bethan, who's the girl they rescued, and Cohen, and they'll just sort of sit around a fire, and they're going to cook some onions. And Two Flower loves Cohen, but he is uh, confused by his lack of teeth, because he has false teeth. So he's like, why don't you just get false teeth? Why do you, why'd you just have no teeth? Um, and that's pretty much where it, we well, got to, yeah, I think. Rincewind yeah. goes off to look for onions, and there's a lot of rocks about yeah. yeah, and they're talking to him, and he's like, well, inanimate objects, stop talking to me. <laughs> he's having a bit of a crisis. And then um, Two Flower gets conked on the head, and that's where we left off reading. Yeah. There's some, there's like some stuff like sparsed into it with um, Rincewind being in the book and the spells talking about yeah. how they oh, need yeah. to be said. Yeah, he keeps ending up in, in like the sort of three dimension, four dimensional space of the book's consciousness or something. Yeah. And it, it keeps like being mean to him and like mag, like nagging him. He doesn't put up with it though. He kind of owns, he, he like owns the book. Yeah. He claps back. I also like the, the eight primordial spells being really, really slightly frightened of the luggage that's just in there <laughs> somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah like we didn't we didn't summon you how did you get here the luggage is great the luggage is the, luggage the most is powerful character in all of this world it has big dick energy yeah <laughs> or maybe it has thousands of tiny little dick energy <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> an interesting image um that i'm sure exists somewhere on deviantart rule 34 mm-hmm. luggage <laughs> why i'm sorry i said my brain was diseased today i love the whole i love all the wizard stuff in this um yeah with, yeah um Triman like taking over the wizards thing oh my god completely forgot about spond when they summon death for the ritual of Ash- oh yeah. yeah and they have like the oldest wizard ever there but <laughs> like just because death has completely forgotten that he was still alive and he spots him <laughs> amazing stuff <laughs> like the scene of uh, Spawn making himself uh, like a death-proof um, room with all these counter spells and like a box he could hide in, and then he completely forgot to put air holes on the box, and it was just like, <laughs> that's fate. Yeah, that scene with death is great. Like, there's like, because the the like head wizard is. He's like reading out all these complicated incantation, and that's just like, yeah, let's just get to it. <laughs> uh, which is he wants to get back to his party. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is great a characterization of... already. Like, I he he's much more of a character here than he was in Color of Magic. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And also in the like when he's trying to understand the card game, that's also like yeah, really great stuff. Like this, this is like basically the beginning of Death starting to uh, to become infatuated with human things and never uh, never really understanding it. He wants to. He's like two flower. He's like a tourist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is like a. He's got kind of a hobby, which is thinking about humans. It's a sort of vaguely threatening energy of when he was like, "I have to get back to the party." And they're like, "Oh, you is it a good one?" He's like, "Oh, maybe I'm taking my mask off soon." Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like at midnight. At midnight, they all want me to take off my mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gave me um Edgar Allan Poe Mask of the Red Death vibe. Oh, that's definitely what it was gonna allude to. Yeah. Yeah. I have also like underlined this other line about death that says uh the death of the disc was a traditionalist who prided himself on his personal service and spent most of the time being depressed because this was not appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes on okay. about how he still uses a scythe, uh, while the deaths of other worlds had long ago invested in combine harvesters. <laughs> Grim. That's some like Reaper Man stuff. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, with Azrael and everything. There is a theme in this book that's upsetting, but I have to mention. <laughs> okay, I'm bracing myself. Um, it's it's like with the it's it includes the druid stuff. Basically, Terry Pratchett doesn't understand archaeology. No. <laughs> well, like he the calls? first, like in the first section of the book, like it's like a kind of like a prologue where he's like, it was all made by a creator with nothing better to do than upset archaeologists and give them silly ideas. We don't do fossils, Terry. <laughs> no fossils. We are not paleontologists. We are archaeologists. That being said, of humans. I do through their material <laughs> remains. That being said, I do get handed fossils quite a lot. Yeah, but they're finds rather than that's not just like archaeology. That's like finds, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, I specifically only do archaeological finds. Hmm. But George, the point is, it's not archaeology. <laughs> I know it's not <laughs> by definition. <laughs> Um, second, the druid thing. I know these are jokes, but it's funny. Um, and the third is where he mentions the Pyramid of Sort, and he claims it was built by, uh, like, 10,000 dead slaves, which, mm. again, if this is Egypt, if this, if we're saying it's the direct parallel uh, to ancient Egypt, Egyptians did not have slaves, they had paid workers. Mm. And, uh, and they would labor. work on the pyramid six months of the year when the flood season came, so they would have something to do. Um... So actually, uh, you know, that they didn't normally die building the pyramid. Okay. <laughs> Quite relevant in discourse at the moment. Yes. Yeah. I think, like, archaeology aside, he does give give off, like, Terry <laughs> Pratchett does give off sometimes a bit of a, like, boomer energy of someone who makes fun of things without trying to understand it. Like, because there was another... I think- he does understand but i i do think he thinks yeah i get what you mean no there was there was like another another thing that that gave me like very heavy uh, boomer vibes with the druid that is like trying to like do make a like computer equivalent of like something that calculates the date and then rinswin mm. just shows a paper calendar and then there's like one snarky remark about how people are trying to come up with computers for like computers to do things you can just do on a piece of paper 
<laughs> also, I think there's like a, he's right though. Whether escaping death and uh, two flowers trying to take a picture and Rincewind's like, you don't have to take a picture. You can just remember. Yeah, has, like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's another one of those. Like, <laughs> so it's, I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily uh, like his opinion because he was really into computers. He was a big per- like yeah, he loved computers. He, really he had like the, the earliest internet. computers. He said he like had the earliest computers in like the eighties, and then as time went on, he just kept getting newer computers. And he had like three. He had like three computers, and he had like his his classical like I'm taking this places computer, and he had like his his desk computer, and he had like three screens. He loved computers. But yeah. I think he likes to make fun of people who do who work on yeah. computers, which I think is valid. Oh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's very mean. valid. Tech, tech people need to be bullied. They're going <laughs> to yeah. destroy the world one day. I did like yeah. that he said um, he's talk he's reading about the Pyramid of Tzot, and um, he says it was a lot of effort to go to in order to sharpen a razor blade, <laughs> which is, I thought was a fun reference. Yes. I was like, aha, I'm smart and I understand that. <laughs> I didn't. Uh. So they used to think that um, they used to think that pyramids, the shape of it, spiritually somehow um, would sharpen a razor blade if you left a razor blade under one overnight. Mm. It was a okay. it was a scam, they're... wasn't it? You could just buy pyramids that you put yeah. your razor blade in. Oh, so they, okay. they'd sell plastic pyramids that you could put razor blades under, and it would it would sharpen. That's very funny. I did not know that, but I was thinking because mm. like it gets brought up again in pyramids, the book where basically the rule is like if you build a pyramid correctly the inside of the pyramid will be shielded from time and may actually reverse time and you could put a razor well, blade in there that was blunt and it would sharpen it that that's where it yeah that's where it came from cuz they believed that like if you went into a pyramid they thought they found like a cat that had been like miraculously preserved by like the power of the pyramid so it became this whole thing about pyramids like having well, it was like a non-mummified oh. cat. It was just like a normal cat. And they were like, how did even this cat survive over periods of time? It was probably apocryphal, but they decided that actually pyramids, the shape of them, uh, like suspended time. So yeah, that's also, where it came from. It's just very dry in the in the pyramids. So they'd be naturally mummified. Yeah. You get mummified cats in house walls as well. <laughs> it doesn't mean like the, the king's head down the road will keep your razor blades sharp. I have not actually read a Pyramids the Terry Pratchett book, so that's what I'm like. Now I'm trying to imagine that that's what that's gonna be about. It's it's like a timey one, but also like a gaudy one, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. the god stuff in there. I really enjoyed Pyramids. It's pyramids like is, one of my favorites. Pyramids so is fun. One, one last uh, only retentive nitpicky thing to say about Terry Pratchett in archaeology he describes <laughs> their bronze spaceship as Neolithic. When in fact, if okay. you have the advent of metal technologies, it's then it's the Chalcolithic until we get bronze, which properly the properly the Bronze Age. It's the Bronze Age. Actually, yeah. absolutely no Actually. one cares about that. <laughs> we do. Typological definitions are very important. George reads it's, the books with from, like a cinema singing ding timer button. Lands <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> it every single time. You see, I if mean. I knew anything about archaeology, then it would be like. Yeah, it'd be really annoying. Luckily, I don't know anything. So it's Nobody fine. actually knows anything about archaeology. <laughs> Nobody yeah, actually knows anything. Don't worry about it. Anybody just, who claims to know facts is a liar. We just brush a bit of sand. Especially about rock. archaeology. Uh-huh. There's another part that I uh, underlined, which is about horse people and horse culture. Uh, and I oh, underlined yeah, it one because it's just like Dothraki. Uh, <laughs> but also... <laughs> So here's the quote. They had dined on horse meat, horse cheese, horse black pudding, 
horse dovre. Yeah, it's like horse dove. So he just had this. <laughs> he just had this pun in his head and invent an entire culture around it. Is my theory. Like he just wanted to use the word horse dovre and give like a a context to it where it would be like it would make any sense or it would be you know related to I horse. I think that's. Perfect. A, I think that's true. Because like I still, I can't read that word properly. Like if I'm reading a book and they eat hors d'oeuvres, I'm I still read it as like horse divorce. Horse yeah, divorce. me too. <laughs> I can't I can't French it in my head. Hors <laughs> d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, I liked. I also liked the bit um, where they're in the horse tent and they're doing that whole necromancy mm-hmm. thing. It says that Rincewind doesn't like female magic users because of like being trained in wizard school. So he, even though he sucks, he's like, mm, don't like it. Okay. <laughs> they call them car- caro cards. They're like caro cards, yeah. But <laughs> but they're like tarot cards, and um, they're all obviously changed because of magic. So the one that's the star is now like a red star. Yeah. Um, which is is meaningful. I I have noted one of them. Oh yeah, one of the cards is called the importance of washing the hands. <laughs> That's important. Relevant. That's a card it we're is. turning over now. Hey, hey, twenty twenty. Am I right? Twenty twenty. Wash your hands. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's also um, the Four of Elephants and the Ace of Turtles, which I wonder if this means mm. anything. Oh. Interesting. Oh. It's, it's kind of reminds me of something else. I, I'm reminds me of something. It's possible. But it's also a hint as to the nature of the star. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't remember how this book ends, so I'm okay. I know. <laughs> excited to find out. That's why I'm not saying. I'm excited. Hints. Uh, is there much else that we need to talk about? I think th- this is already like longer than the last two episodes were. So yeah, yeah. I think we're probably good. Um, I will say though, Stan Rinseflower. Hmm. Um, Rinseflower confirmed. I think Rinseflower. <laughs> I think it's basically confirmed. Um, and then I had something else, which was um, it's like Sex in the City, where New York is the fifth character, except the fifth character is Ankh Morpork and the sixth character is the luggage. That's important. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> How is Ankh Morpork the, the fifth character when it's city. not even in the book? <laughs> it's still a character. <laughs> like, I guess you can make the argument that in the Discworld books, the Discworld is the fifth character, but you know. Oh, I think I'd say the land is normally the the extra character wherever they are. Yeah, it's like it's always like a connection to the land. Yeah. Can you imagine a disc uh, an Ankh Morpork sex in the city though? Like no, Samantha. I can't. I would love Samantha that. is that Samantha is so dating good. a dwarf, and then they have like loads of like very it's... dodgy, slightly like not slightly racist stuff about about dwarves. Sex in the city Discworld is just like the witches meeting up, and Nanny Og is Samantha. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was gonna say that there is an episode of Sex in the City where Samantha dates a short man and finds it like really stressful. So, All right. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Well, I guess. Kings here, so <laughs> it's oh, thanks, fine. Thanks, he's Lucy. he's really horrible to her in the end, and he calls her a bitch, and she's like, "Wow, maybe he is manly." And then they have sex. Okay, so all short people are horrible. I get it. <laughs> it is true. It's because everyone has to. 
Everyone has the same amount of horribleness in them, but short people are smaller, so it's more concentrated. (laughs) The point is that she can't have sex with him until she decides that he's, like, manly, which is portrayed as just being a horrible person. (laughs) It's a good show. Damn, that show is so bad. Like, it's great, but also, Christ. I think it works as really great unintentional commentary on, like, gender roles in the Mm -hmm. 90s. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's very funny to watch, but, like... Absolutely egregious. Yeah. Like, yeah. Funny. Like, the toxicity of it. Yeah. I have to go. Woo. Okay, yeah, me too. Yeah, we need to go. Oh, yeah, I gotta, gotta talk to yeah. What if we just ended the episode by everyone saying I have to go and then just cut it without <laughs> ever signing off? Or... Without the music. We, we should end it on a cliffhanger, like, oh no, I'm being launched over the edge of the disc. Oh no! <laughs> we should have done that last episode and now it's too late. <laughs> Oh no, I said I, 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 guess, said I was English I guess and I'm we being arrested all be knocked, uh, knocked in the head or something Yeah Oh uh-huh. no, I'm being knocked in the oh, head no, whilst oof. my family is looking for onions <laughs> <laughs> Okay Next week we'll be finishing The Light uh-huh. Fantastic um, Rinswin says fuck Rinswin does say fuck Rinswin does Rinswin says fuck to flower mm. Oh he does though and I guess Beyond Strong in the Arm is someone's uncle. He's our He's not mine. He's Rinswin's uncle. Mm-hmm. He's Golda See, Weatherwax's uncle. We're all his uncle. Yeah, Beyond yeah, Strong in the uncle. Arm is my nephew and I'm his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really weird situation. <laughs> um, okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. Okay. Okay, good. good episode. Ancient times.